One Nash Icon, WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening, and welcome to All Access on 106.1 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the All-State Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics. And by Francesca by Katie's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner. By Bergeron Automotive in Metairie. By LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie. By Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area. John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge. By Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area. And by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports. All sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access, the Friday night edition here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon. On the web, we're at Nash FM 1061. Dot com. Our tune-in app available anywhere in the world for you to listen in, and we encourage you to do so wherever you might be. Of course, you can catch our podcast through CrescentCitySports.com. Just click on More, and then click on Podcast, and listen to what you heard or what you missed on the show tonight, or any night for that matter. You can always email me, Ken at CrescentCitySports.com is the address to do so. Rudy Dixon is our producer, and of course, coming up later on in the show, we'll talk extensively about the Saints' situation the latest on the coaching search what happens from here the pelicans back in action in denver tonight we'll get into that among other topics and of course we also will talk about high school sports and we'll do that pretty much right off the top after we get some saints thoughts here and joining us to do that is our fine columnist from crescentcitysports.com of course part of our original on friday nights during the football season and covering high school sports and doing a great job in all capacities, our good and great friend, Les East. Les, listen, thanks for joining us, and I uh, hope you're well. Uh, I am well, Ken. Thanks for having me. All right, so before we get into high school, where the Saints situation is concerned, Eric Bieniemy, the other name that's entered the picture, this is a familiar name. Brian Leftwich might be getting an interview, too. You've already seen Brian Flores. You've seen Doug Peterson, but he's already... Heading to Jacksonville, Darren Rizzi, the special teams coordinator, and of course, Dennis Allen. I've said all along that I thought the Saints would probably have a coach named by next week. Do you share that sentiment? Well, I, I don't know. I think they can certainly uh, get it done by next week. I think if this were happening in a vacuum, uh, that would be realistic. But I think the closer we get to Super Bowl Sunday, especially when we enter next week, uh, sometimes uh, NFL franchises tend to back off and not to distract from the game. And certainly the Brian Flores lawsuit has generated a lot of uh, controversial news for the NFL leading up to the Super Bowl. So, you know, logistically, I could see them possibly holding off until after the Super Bowl. But if if they just want to get this done and announce it, certainly I think it could happen within that time frame. And with regard to Brian Flores, really, we can't venture any definitive opinion because I know you are like I am, which is always wait for the facts 
to manifest themselves and be revealed. And we don't know the facts about what has truly happened in those situations. What we do know is that every single one of the entities has plausibly and emphatically denied the allegations, whether it's John Elway and the Broncos or the Giants and the Mara family or the Dolphins, uh, of course, where he was dismissed from and dismissed by an African-American general manager and others. And the Saints still went through with speaking to him, knowing this, and, and I think that says something which is pretty positive first off. But with regard to the judgment, I, I have none because I don't know. Uh, the issue for Brian Flores to me clearly is the fact that you don't know and therefore if the allegations turn out to be false and you've hired him, then you might have a problem on your hands. This might be a detriment to him. Yeah, I think that's right. It's a really uh, difficult situation. I, I don't think anyone should uh, draw conclusions until we have enough information to do so in an e educated manner. And so you do run that risk. He, he seems to be a very impressive person. I, I thought his performance in Miami probably did not warrant his dismissal, given the the back-to-back -back winning records. And so he, he's a viable candidate when you separate the football from the lawsuit. But, you know, he chose to file the lawsuit, and he chose the timing of the lawsuit. And if it turns out that the uh, the lawsuit is is without merit, and we don't know that, then if you've already committed yourself to him, uh, then you put yourself in a really difficult situation. So at the same time, we don't want to judge the NFL until we have all the facts. At the same time, assuming either side is right or wrong can create a whole nother set of problems. So anybody who's looking at possibly hiring them right now has a really delicate and uh, potentially troublesome uh, decision on their hands. Doug Peterson, I thought, was a legitimate, viable candidate, a guy that won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback and then had back-to-back -back winning seasons and then was having one losing season and lost his job. Uh, they had personnel issues there and obviously quarterback issues, and I think he was deserving of another opportunity. But he goes to Jacksonville where he's got that quote-unquote franchise quarterback. And, of course, a lot of people would speculate, well, he jumped on that because he knew the Saints were going in another direction. Well, that's possible, or it could just be that, uh, you know, he had a job offer and he wasn't sure he was going to get another job offer. So he, he took the opportunity that he had. Uh, he's going to a place with, uh, you know, the franchise quarterback you mentioned and Trevor Lawrence. I think it's a good hire for the Jaguars. I think they need uh, some stability. They went with the, they went the college route with Urban Meyer. That did not work out. I think grabbing a guy who has been a head coach in the NFL before, who's won a Super Bowl, uh, I think brings a knowledge of how to win in the NFL and some stability to a franchise that's in great need of both. I, I thought he was a good candidate for the Saints. I'm glad that they interviewed him, but I'm not sure that he would have been the best option for them, though he would have been certainly worthy of consideration. Dennis Allen still the odds-on favorite to get the job? I would think so, but I, I don't know that the odds are as strong in his favor as some people seem to think. You know, in terms of the job he has done, the fact that he's been a head coach before, the job he did with the Tampa game as acting head coach, uh, the the 
stability it would represent for the Saints, all of those things or why he's considered the front runner and rightfully so. But, you know, this is a fairly complicated hire for the Saints, I believe, in that this is a franchise that's been built around uh, the offense of Sean Payton um, for the last 15 years. Now, that identity started to change a little bit last season, but uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they decided to go with an offensive-minded coach, such as Eric Bieniemy again. If they want to go with Dennis, Dennis Allen, that makes sense, given the job he's done with the defense. But at the same time, what I think is getting overlooked is what a significant role Sean Payton played in personnel evaluation for this organization. Do you think Dennis Allen or another coach that you might hire can take on that personnel evaluation responsibility as well as Sean Payton did? Do you promote Jeff Ireland? Do you bring somebody in from the outside to oversee the personnel operation? I, I just think the the degree to which Payton was involved in evaluating and, and, and picking the players for his system was enormously important. And that is something that has to be replaced either by a very talented new head coach or by some sort of juggling of the personnel department. Les East with us from CrescentCitySports.com. We'll turn our attention to high school sports now because Les wrote a piece at CrescentCitySports.com reflecting back to last Friday's convention and the 5A vote to strike down every single proposal in five sports to reunite the classification of 5A. Afterwards, Eddie Bonine on CrescentCitySports.com, video and printed word said it's dead that there's no other option i don't see that being the case i still think there's one option with regard to unification in 5a and i think the vote kind of made my point less and that is a super class a 6a class of anyone that wants to play to that highest level in those sports can do so obviously there were several public schools that voted to unite that are 5a schools so, with all the select schools who would obviously be willing to do that, would that be feasible if you went that route and invited those schools that want to compete with them to participate in a 6A superclass in those sports? Yeah, I think that would be a possibility. Certainly, I, I think anything that gives schools the opportunity to choose where they want to compete, if they want to go outside of the box, so to speak, I, I think is potentially healthy. I think that could work. I, I tend to prefer the reunification and going back to the way it was prior to 2013, if that could happen, because I, I think you, it's more uh, unified. You have everybody in the state competing. You don't have the select, non-select divide. And I think the super class, though, though it might uh, be the only viable way of solving this problem in the short term. It, it, it tends to elevate a certain number of schools above everyone else in the state. And, and I would prefer if they could work out a way in which there was, um, I guess, more continuity uh, among all the schools and, and we didn't just have uh, sort of a college football structure where you have the haves and the have-nots. I don't think the unification will ever happen with the bylaws stating two-thirds majority. This vote last week was 50% plus one, but to unify the entire 
organization would require two-thirds, and I just don't ever see that happening. I do think that's dead. I really do. But there's other options, too. Another option would be for the classification numbers to be reduced. It's absolutely ridiculous that you're operating with less than 300 football schools and less than 300 in other sports in Louisiana and that you have 12 championships in basketball and that you have 12 in baseball and that you have nine in football. It's absolutely preposterous uh, that you have that many championships. Therefore, the other solution is obvious. Reduce the number of classes from nine to seven. Four non-select and three select, and therefore the select schools would now have a a fairly normal playoff bracket with four rounds as opposed to two or three, which they have now. Thoughts? Yeah, I think that has to happen. I, I think the most glaring example of the absurdity of the divide is the fact that there are nine champions uh, crowned in football. And you look at uh, so consolidating some of those groups into a smaller, uh, smaller number would be the first step to returning some sort of normalcy to this. You know, the most glaring example, I think, of how ridiculous this is is Division I football playoffs. You have 11 teams participating in the playoffs. They play an entire season so that all of the teams can start playing again. They play their district rivals over and over again. It's like replaying. It's like having a third half to the Catholic League schedule in New Orleans. You have buys. The teams that get buys only have to win two games to get to the championship game. It's just ridiculous. So, yeah, the first thing that can be done to improve the situation would be to consolidate some of these classes and divisions. But, uh, you know, I don't know that at this point you could get uh, these people to agree on anything. Well, I agree with you. I've said this for quite some time, that while I am totally against the split, and I definitely side with the select schools on that measure, the select schools are their own worst enemy as well, because they easily could have fixed this by going to three classes two years ago, four years ago. They don't do it. And too many of them are looking out for themselves rather than for the greater good. That's true of the whole organization. But now, if you're a select school, you still have that option to fix it. It's not hard to do, but Will they actually come to that meeting of the minds and do something of this nature? Because that's what has to happen. Look, the most absurd situation is softball, where in Division I, you have six, count them, six schools that make the playoffs. Six. Okay? And it's absolutely stupid. And it's pathetic for those young ladies. If you get the top seed, you know, our top two seeds, you don't play until the semifinals. And, of course, you're playing – the same teams again in all likelihood. So it's just patently unfair to the kids. And that's the thing we've always heard as I wrote. We always hear the phrase being used that, oh, it's all about the kids. Well, no, it's not. You're denying the kids the opportunity to compete. And they pulled the kids, they being the LHSAA, less than two years ago. And the numbers came back over 80% that the kids want to play each other. They want to be united. Over 80%. So where's the disconnect? Well, uh, a couple of things. You're, you're right about Division One. They, they could fix that themselves, and they should do that to consolidate it right, right now and at least take a ridiculous situation and make it slightly less ridiculous, uh, particularly in football. But, yeah, softball 
is absurd with only six Division One schools in the playoffs. And the, the kids are smart. The, the kids are participating in sports because they want to compete. They want to get better. And they look at this situation, and they know those softball players know going into the playoffs and having a double bye or a triple bye, whatever it is, to get to the semifinals and then play two games against teams you've already played probably four or five times is not the type of competition that they want to participate in. And I, I did a story uh, last time this came up, shortly before the 2020 vote. I talked to Nick Monica and um, a few other football coaches in the area, Frank Monica, JT Curtis, and, and and Ryan Manali, and they all said the same thing. Bryce Brown also, you know, the, the kids just want to compete. They aren't afraid of any competition. They want to play as many people as they can play. They want to play the best competition they can play. That's why they're involved in sports. And what they are being forced to participate in falls well short of that. And they understand it, and they're frustrated by it, and it's some – uh, immature adult administrators are unable to get out of the way and allow the players to compete the way they know they should be allowed to compete. Of course, the final option is the nuclear option, which is for the select schools to simply pull out of the LHSAA and form their own organization. That would require everyone on that side to support it first off, and that doesn't exist right now. Secondly, could they possibly coax anyone else from the non-select side to come with them? As a caveat to that, Eddie Bonine says there will be a few schools reclassified. What he means by that is look for a few non-select schools to be reclassified as select schools. Is it enough of a number to make their playoff system better or more palatable? I don't think so, unless we're talking you know, anywhere from 20 to 40, and I don't see that. So... What about the nuclear option? Do you think that's real, and do you think that all these people could ever come together and make that decision? Well, I, I don't know if they would be able to come together and do that. I, I espoused that in the column I wrote, and my, my feeling was, my rationale for that was that, uh, and, and I think you agree with this, that it, the reunification is not going to happen under the current setup. Forget about that. The the, the non-select schools are not going to suddenly vote uh, to reunify anytime in the near future. Maybe if you get a new generation of principals 30 years down the road, that might change. But for the foreseeable future, that's not going to happen. So if and there seems there's unanimity among the Division One schools uh, or the select schools that they want to reunify and there are some members of the non-select side that are in agreement with them so there's more of a, there's a starting point for a dialogue there so i think if the select schools were to leave the lhsaa and join their own group with the intention of perhaps someday being able to reunify i think some of those non-select schools might follow them and i think it, it would change the dynamics of the conversation. Now all they do is they come in every two years and they ask the non-select schools, have any of y'all changed your mind about reunification? And they say, not enough of us, and that's it. 
Now, if you have this other group saying, okay, we're moving into the future, we're leaving this stale debate behind us, we're going to form our own group with the hope of building toward reunification at some point in the not-too-distant future, I think you might change some minds and get fresh eyes on this debate. And if you start seeing a trickling of non-select schools into that group, perhaps there could be a domino effect. I don't think it would happen immediately, but I think something has to be done to jumpstart this dialogue in a different direction. And perhaps that so-called nuclear option could be the catalyst for that. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but the status quo is not going to change under the current circumstances. He is Les East of CrescentCitySports.com. Read his piece on this there and read his fine work all the time at CrescentCitySports.com. Les, thank you. Always appreciate the time. Thanks, Ken. That's Les East of CrescentCitySports.com. And, of course, there's much more to come. We'll delve into the Saints situation even more in the next segment as we continue on this Friday night. It's All Access. I'm Ken Trahan. Rudy Dixon, our producer, back in a moment on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. New Orleans country, 106.1 Nash Icon is once again your home for New Orleans Privateers basketball. Tune in to Jude Young for all the action as UNO takes on top-rated college basketball teams, including local rivals and Southland Conference foes, in their quest to win championships and return to the NCAA tournament. All season long, set sail with the UNO Privateers on New Orleans Country 106.1 Nash Icon. You know your closet well, but what does it sound like? Yes, your closet. Does it whisper your taste? Does it scream your taste? The new Stitch Fix Freestyle, your personalized store, gets to know your unique style and fit. Its selection transforms to show you only the looks and trends you love. With a store that evolves alongside your taste, your closet will scream, so you, without actually screaming. Introducing Stitch Fix Freestyle for women and men, your personalized store. We're so you. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com find. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash find. This ad furnished by Nesmith Taju LLC. Offer not valid in all states or prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website for details. Honey, the credit card bill came and we're maxed out. Great. Maxed out cards. Rent is due. Bills are piling up. We just need some extra cash to help us get by. We should do what my brother did. He went to 27cash.com and got $3,000. With our bad credit? 27cash.com is different. They're one of the largest personal loan networks. They can help people with any type of credit get up to $5,000. I'm sure there's a lot of paperwork. Nope. My brother said it was fast and easy. He did it right from his phone. If you have a regular source of income, you can be approved for a loan of up to $5,000 in minutes, and your cash can hit your bank account as soon as the next day. Our lenders have millions of dollars to lend regardless of your credit history. Great news. I went to 27cash.com, and we'll have our money as soon as tomorrow. Wow, that is fast. If you need extra cash, go to 27cash.com. That's 27cash.com. 27cash.com. The following ad is paid for by McClenny Mosley & Associates. William Huey, Louisiana Bar, number 38282. 
Attention homeowners with homeowners insurance. If your home was damaged by the recent Hurricane Ida, you may qualify for additional compensation. Was your home damaged by Hurricane Ida? Are you concerned you were cheated or underpaid by your insurance company? If so, it's not too late to receive the compensation you deserve. In August 2021, much of Louisiana was devastated by a violent hurricane, leaving destruction in its path. Insurance companies often underpay and purposely undervalue claims for weather damage to homes, leaving you to pick up the pieces. You may be entitled to significant compensation and bad faith damages. Know your rights. Call McClenny Mosley & Associates. We have the experience needed to fight insurance companies for the value you deserve. Call now for a free evaluation of your claim. Please call 800-201-6686. That is 800-201-6686. Contractors, tired of the runaround when you need an insurance quote? At Dave Mead Insurance, we are an independent insurance agency, so we make it easy to get that quote for your next job. We offer general liability, workman's comp, automobile and property insurance, and we will search over 50 insurance companies to get the right policy at the best price. Call, click, or come in for a quote today at 504-556-0809 or DaveMeatInsAgency.com. This report is sponsored by Allstate. Are you a safe driver? Are you looking to save money? With DriveWise from Allstate, the safer you drive, the more you can save. At Allstate, better protection costs a whole lot less. Visit Allstate.com or call an agent for a quote today. Welcome to your daily sports report presented by CrescentCitySports.com. Mickey Loomis has interviewed current defensive coordinator Dennis Allen and will reportedly interview special teams coach Darren Rizzi for the New Orleans Saints head coaching position. Already, Brian Flores has interviewed Doug Peterson, who interviewed previously, is being hired as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The New Orleans Pelicans hit the road to face Denver tonight. In college basketball, UNO remained red hot, winning its ninth straight game 79-70. Third-ranked Loyola won 71-58. Xavier beat LSU Alexandria 69-54. And Dillard down Russ College 83-75. In women's play, Southeast Louisiana over McNeese, 69-68. Texas A&M Corpus Christi over UNO, 56-46. Xavier beat LSU Alexandria, 73-39. Russ College over Dillard, 65-47. Mobile down Loyola, 60-53. UNO senior star Derek St. Hilaire named the Amateur Athlete of the Month of the All-State Sugar Bowl Media Selection Committee. And tonight, watch the Catholic League Showdown featuring Shaw and Jesuit at 7 p.m. on CrescentCitySports.com. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed weekend and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan. Now's the time. What's on your mind? Time to express your thoughts by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and all access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. Welcome back to the show. Ken Trahan with you. What a dynamite segment there with Les East. If you want to listen back to it, go check it out at CrescentCitySports.com. Click on more and you'll You'll hear the podcast of it as well. So there's that, and we hope you will. And, of course, where the Saints situation is concerned, just to extrapolate a little bit further, Eric Bieniemy, the latest candidate to emerge in this search, perhaps Byron Leftwich also surfaces. We already know about Aaron Glenn, a former Saints defensive backs coach, current coordinator of the Lions defensively. We know about Brian Flores, former head coach of the Miami Dolphins. We know about Dennis Allen, current defensive coordinator, of the New Orleans Saints, and of course, Doug Peterson, who was the first to interview, but has since selected the job as head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Coach Peterson, I thought, was a good candidate and wish him well with Jacksonville. But as I look at that 
Coach Peterson, I think Les was partially right in the sense that he said that he saw an offer and he took it because he hadn't had an offer here. But I think the other part of that is also true, which is he likely saw that he was not going to be the man in New Orleans. Therefore, he went in the other direction. And of course, in Jacksonville, he's got Trevor Lawrence. In New Orleans, he's got a big question mark about whom the quarterback will be. So here's my take on the current situation. I still think Dennis Allen is the man to beat because of all the reasons I have stated previously and on several occasions. He's been a head coach in the league, understands how to manage a system, throw the record out. He was with a bad organization, was set up to lose, and he did. That was a while ago. He's rehabilitated that image by coordinating a defense in outstanding fashion in New Orleans for a consistent winner. And then the winning aspect of it is obviously a big part of the consideration as well. Because, as I have said continuously, if something is successful, if something isn't broken, you don't try to mess with it and you don't try to fix it. The Saints have had five consecutive winning seasons. They had four straight playoff appearances prior to this last season. They had four straight division titles prior to this last season. And in this last season, they were 9-8 despite starting 58 players, four quarterbacks, and four kickers, and of course, having all kinds of injuries and COVID issues all year long. They walloped Green Bay, who was the number one seed. They whipped Tampa Bay twice, who was a high seed as well. So, There was the upside. The downside was they lost at home to the Giants. That was awful. Lost a game to Carolina. You can't lose to them, but Carolina in that game at Charlotte, the Saints were without a whole bunch of people. And then, of course, the debacle against Miami. Nothing you could do about that. You just didn't have players available to really threaten that team, which, by the way, was coached by Brian Flores on that evening. So because of all those factors and the fact that Allen – is an excellent coordinator, and he has great familiarity with the organization, and he's universally respected in the organization by the owner, by the executive vice president and general manager, by the president of the organization, by the players who have voiced their support both present and past for Coach Allen. I think that also speaks volumes. Now, is he automatic? No. Would it shock me if they hired somebody else? No. Would it surprise me? Yes. I think Allen's still the favorite. But I will say this. Eric Bieniemy's long overdue. He deserves a head coaching opportunity. Yes, he is a native New Orleanian. Didn't really spend much time here, but he's born here. And regardless of where he was born, the guy's been passed over on so many occasions now, it's head-scratching. It makes you wonder about all the variables. Is it because he doesn't interview well? Is it because of how he appears? Is it because people think that he's the heir apparent to Andy Reid in Kansas City? Maybe all those things exist, but at the same time, if he really wants the job and you interview him, what would prevent you from hiring him based upon the level of success that he has exhibited in Kansas City? Now, if you're the enemy and you understand, at least you believe you understand, that Andy Reid is not going to be doing this for an extended period of time, It would be prudent for you to stay there because you know that you would likely be the successor. And that would be a wonderful situation to step into. Travis Kelsey is not old. Tyreek Hill is not old. Patrick Mahomes is a transcendent player. You're going to have a core to work with there no matter what the case may be. So all of that comes into play. Byron Leftwich, of course, some thought he would end up in Jacksonville. He did not. 
for the team he once played for. He's established a good reputation. Of course, most recently has worked with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, played in the league, understands offenses, understands the quarterback position, and that's a big consideration too. If you're Mickey Loomis and the Saints' brain trust, are you looking for a coach that has a specific candidate in mind for the quarterback job and that can fit you on it and convince you of it? Or might be the person that could attract the kind of quarterback or the quarterback you really want. Because at this point, we don't know who the quarterback is going to be for the New Orleans Saints in 2022. It could be Jameis Winston. We'll see. It's not going to be Taysom Hill, and who knows how long it's going to take to get back from that Liz Frank injury and surgery. Trevor Simeon is a free agent. And if he is back, it's on a friendly deal, and he's a backup. So it's not him. Ian Book, you can't dismiss him yet, but you wouldn't think that he would be a top-shelf candidate to be a starter in his second year based on where he's at and what we've seen. Therefore, it's very possible that it comes from the outside. In the interview process, does one of these coaches express a tremendous amount of confidence and interest in a specific quarterback currently in the league that they could help you procure and utilize because of relationships and schemes. Then there's the draft situation. Is a specific candidate that you've interviewed very high on a specific quarterback coming out through the draft in the college ranks that they think would absolutely positively be their guy and be the man here for 10 to 15 years like you have with Drew Brees. So, What goes on in the interview process, I think it does matter. And I think even though Dennis Allen is the favorite, and even though he probably flew through the interview process in great fashion, and obviously would be a preferred guy for Sean Payton as his successor, a lot of it would depend on what his vision is for the offense and what his vision is at the quarterback position. Ultimately, that could sway the decision that is made, and I think it's an interesting dynamic to consider. Lessie's brought up the other dynamic in the previous segment, which is we all know that Sean Payton ran the organization. We all know that he was the head coach, but he got whatever he wanted. The Saints trained wherever he wanted them to train. The Saints moved their team wherever he wanted them to move their team. When a hurricane hit or another obstacle arose in personnel, he would have the final say-so about what they were going to do, despite the fact that there was tremendous professionalism and input provided by Jeff Ireland, the scouting department, and Mickey Loomis. Peyton was the guy. Is the next head coach going to be entrusted to be that guy? Or are the Saints going to split those duties realistically, not just on paper, and allow others to make those decisions and let the coach coach? Every coach is going to be involved in the evaluation process, and every coach is going to be involved in the decision-making process in terms of who's going to be drafted or who they go after in free agency or whom they let go, for that matter, given the cap issue that exists. With regard to the cap issue, I wouldn't be as crazy concerned about that as some people are. The cap goes up a little bit every year, and with the players that the Saints have, they can restructure some contracts, which you know is going to happen, and they can let go of some players, painful as it may be, that they can still mitigate the damage and have a very effective team and very effective players at those positions where they let them go. 
I think all those things are applicable. I think they handle the cap situation. So I'm not as concerned about that as I am about who's the coach, who's making the decisions about personnel, and what personnel are you going to have here. Because the obvious is true. You need to re-sign Marcus Williams. Whether you tag him again or sign him, you got to have him back. Other than that, you turn your attention to the offensive side of the football. And you must address wide receiver. And you must address tight end. Somebody beyond Troutman that you have on this roster that can play. Jawan Johnson can be a hybrid guy. You must likely address offensive line as well, depending on what happens with Teron Armstead. But even if he's back because of the play of Cesar Ruiz and the health of Andrews Pete, I think you have to look at those things and say, you know what? We've invested a lot of capital in our offensive line during this regime over several years, but we're going to have to do it again. And if you look at the philosophy of this team, they have built from the inside out, drafting offensive and defensive linemen early and building themselves inside out. And by the way, they've been successful overall in doing so. So it's a sound philosophy to employ, and it wouldn't shock me if they employed it once again. So I think all of those factors come into consideration. And whoever enters that interview room and has full preparation with him and has a plan that is strong as can be and is spelled out specifically, having studied personnel, then I think there's no question that person might have an advantage. The guy that knows all the personnel, unlike any others, is Dennis Allen. And again, with regard to comfort level, the expression by players, current and past, has been very, very strong. The comments made by Mickey Loomis about Dennis Allen, very strong. The comments made by Sean Payton about Dennis Allen, very strong. And I think those definitely carry a lot of weight. The decision is coming. My guess is if it's not next week, it will be right after the Super Bowl, as Les suggested in the previous segment. Bottom line is you have to get someone in position and ready to roll because of all the decisions that must be made and because of the fact that you want to show potential free agents who your man is and what direction you're going in and what your philosophy is. All of those things matter. Timing is everything. There are still other teams trying to name head coaches. You'd like to get the jump on them too. So you must factor all aspects into this and ultimately, ultimately make a strong, correct decision for the future of the franchise. My take on the current situation surrounding the New Orleans Saints, and we'll talk more about it on the Three Tailgaters show with Ed Daniels and I, live from Francesca's by Katie's on Harrison Avenue tomorrow morning from 10 a.m. until noon. Hope you'll join us then, too. But we got a lot more to go tonight when we return following a timeout. The Pelicans back in action tonight. We'll talk about it as we continue with all access for a Friday night. Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Macy's One Day Sale is going on now with deals of the day for you and your Valentine, like an amazing 70% off fine jewelry. And refine your beauty routine with new favorites from Lancome and more, 20 to 40% off. Or shop specials like the perfect handbags and wallets, 40 to 50% off. Plus, get contact-free curbside pickup or pickup in store today. Details at Macy's.com slash pickup. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. I need postcards printed and designed. Oh, and a targeted direct mail campaign. It's possible. 
at Staples. I need my presentation printed, bound, and perfect. Also possible. With Staples Print Big Promise, your small business marketing will make a big impact. And right now, get 20% off custom printed signs, banners, and posters when you spend $75 or more. Explore what's new at Staples, the working and learning store. Ends 226. Visit staples.com slash signage for details. The following ad is paid for by McClenny Mosley and Associates. William Huey, Louisiana Bar, number 38282. Attention homeowners with homeowners insurance. If your home was damaged by the recent Hurricane Ida, you may qualify for additional compensation. Was your home damaged by Hurricane Ida? Are you concerned you were cheated or underpaid by your insurance company? If so, it's not too late to receive the compensation you deserve. In August 2021, much of Louisiana was devastated by a violent hurricane, leaving destruction in its path. Insurance companies often underpay and purposely undervalue claims for weather damage to homes, leaving you to pick up the pieces. You may be entitled to significant compensation and bad faith damages. Know your rights. Call McClenny Mosley & Associates. We have the experience needed to fight insurance companies for the value you deserve. Call now for a free evaluation of your claim. Please call 800-201-6686. That is 800-201-6686. This report is sponsored by Jackson Hewitt. Get your biggest refund guaranteed. Jackson Hewitt tax pros will help find thousands worth of new tax credits so you get every dollar you deserve. So why wait? Schedule an appointment with one of their tax pros and learn more at jacksonhewitt.com. This is Josh Danzig with Where You At Magazine and the newly relaunched WhereYouAt.com with your weekend picks for 1061 Nash Icon. Start the weekend early. This Thursday, it's the grand opening of Wetland Saki at 634 Orange Street. And Friday night, head to the House of Blues in the French Quarter to catch Dead South, the served cold tour. Showtime is at 7 p.m. For more info on what to do this weekend, log on to the newly relaunched whereyat.com and click on the community calendar. And be sure to pick up the new issue of Where Yat Magazine in locations all over town. Cumulus New Orleans, incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. This is where you get all access. Not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. All access continues for a Friday night here on 1061 FM Nash Icon. Ken Trahan with you. And by the way, as soon as I'm done tonight, we encourage you to dial it up on your computer. Put it on your television and watch it. Or watch it on your phone. Because CrescentCitySports.com has a really good, very important high school basketball game for you live tonight. From Tom and Gail Benson Arena on the campus of Jesuit High School, the Jesuit Blue Jays hosting the Archbishop Shaw Eagles. Shaw in first place in District 95A. And Jesuit tied for second in District 95A. It's a big game. And obviously it's one that's going to have a tremendous impact on what's going to happen here. So you want to tune in tonight at CrescentCitySports.com and watch the game coming up. I think you'll enjoy it very much. Uh, It's going to be superb. And again, that's at CrescentCitySports.com tonight, and you'll be able to watch it. And I think you'll enjoy it. 
as Jeswin and Shaw do battle. And it's really a good time, to say the least. Goes without saying, and obviously we look forward to bringing you that game. So make sure you tune in tonight at CrescentCitySports.com. Of course, the New Orleans Pelicans are back at it against the Denver Nuggets on the road. Road trip begins in Denver at altitude, and the Nuggets, of course, started off the season in disappointing fashion, but injuries played a large role in that. But now they're rolling at 28 and 23 and flying high in that altitude and anywhere they play for that matter. Nikola Jokic playing like the MVP that he is. And they've really adjusted with the injuries they've had. As mentioned, five games over 500, although they have lost their last two games. They were red hot before that. And they beat the Pelicans in New Orleans recently, so stay tuned for that too. The Pelicans come into this game 19-32. and 11th in the Western Conference, and they are a game and a half out of 10th and Portland in the West. As I mentioned on several previous occasions, you got to get to that send spot to be in the play-in, playoff spot, and it doesn't look like the nine spot is really attainable. The Lakers occupy that spot. They're only 25 and 28, but Lord knows uh, when they put their talent on the floor, they're clearly better than New Orleans. Uh, the Clippers are at 500, and they are six and a half clear of New Orleans. Timberwolves vastly improved. You're not going to catch them. So it's Portland that you target. And ironically, a lot of rumors about C.J. McCollum linking him to the Pelicans. Well, the only way you make that happen is to give up assets. And what assets do you have to give up? Draft picks, of course. But in terms of the current roster, who would you be willing to part with to try to make something like that happen because you'd have to give up something. You certainly aren't not going to give up Herbert Jones. You don't want to give up Jonas Valanciunas. You're not going to give up Brandon Ingram. So will you talk about Josh Hart? Would you talk about Jackson Hayes? Those are commodities. If you look at the rest of this team that might be of some interest to other teams, Garrett Temple, Thomas Sadoransky, Najee Marshall, they would be of no interest. They'd be throw-ins in a deal like that to try to take a contract if you made a deal. Is it realistic to consider making that deal? I think it's realistic, but you have to gauge the interest of Portland. And then again, that's the team that you're fighting to try to get into that play-in spot with. But you have to question where the Blazers' thought process is right now with regard to their future. When you consider Dame Lillard is obviously not happy there and doesn't really want to be there long-term, Portland might be in a position where they're ready to blow it up and just start over again. And if that's true, then they would be willing to part with McCollum. And maybe you get a deal done. But I'm still skeptical of that occurring. We'll see. The Pelicans go on from Denver to Houston to play on Sunday. Houston is a bottom feeder, not any good. You got to beat them. And then they'll play Houston again on Tuesday night in New Orleans. So back-to-back games with the Rockets, one in Houston and one in New Orleans. If you're the Pelicans, you got to look at winning at least one of those games, if not both of those games. I think it's imperative, given the circumstances and given the timing. You had 51 games with 31 left to play. You're going to have to start making a move. Again, it's one team you got to catch to try to get to that play-in level if you want to win. I'm sure you saw last night, the Suns got beat. Their win streak is over. 41-10, and 10, they're still 
the best team in basketball, but look out for the Warriors. They've won eight in a row now. And they're only two behind Phoenix in that Western Conference. Very strong Golden State, and they don't even have Draymond Green. So those two teams have kind of separated themselves, although Memphis has been a great story. And they're playing really good. They're six and a half out. And third in the West, the East is a totally different dynamic. The East is crazy. You got nine teams within five games of first place. That's crazy. The Boston Celtics are hot. They're ninth, and they're five games out of first. Charlotte is four and a half out of first. So is Toronto. Brooklyn is three out of first, but they've lost six in a row. And they miss Kevin Durant massively, and the whole Kyrie Irving situation is is a distraction. Anyone that says otherwise is simply not telling the truth. Cleveland, great story all year. They're one and a half out of first. Milwaukee, who I still think will win the East, and Philadelphia, where Doc Rivers has done a great job, post Ben Simmons, they're one game out. And then Chicago and Miami are tied for first in the East presently. So the East is just a wild, crazy situation. By the way, Atlanta is in the 10 spot. They beat Phoenix. Atlanta playing better now. And they're in that 10th and final play-in spot. Just a game ahead of Washington, a game ahead of game and a half ahead of New York. Everyone else pretty much out of it. So that's kind of a look at the NBA picture and the NBA standings as we speak. As for your New Orleans Pelicans, the two questions, Zion Williamson, when will he play or is he going to play? I don't know if he's going to play. I can't answer the question. People keep asking, and I don't know. You know as much as I do. We don't know what's going to happen. You can read into his posts or anything else, but the bottom line is until we get word that he's about ready to contribute, you can't really put weight in that or stock in it. So I'm not. And you just progress and proceed with the mindset that he's not going to play. That's my thought process about Zion. And then, of course, Trey Murphy. 12 points off the bench most recently, made threes. It's what you drafted him for. And I've continuously said, give him the minutes. You're not a contender to win the NBA championship. You're a contender to get to the 10 spot. You're a team in development. And you drafted this guy in the first round. And with all due respect to others that are in the rotation, in particular Temple, Murphy needs to get those minutes. You need to get him out there. If you do think he has the ability, you've got to let him get on the floor, learn about the game, learn from mistakes, develop his game, and contribute to be the player that you thought he was going to be. It's not going to happen sitting and watching. So to me, that's the other aspect to watch. And the thing that I think needs to be done is to get Trey Murphy on the floor more and playing and contributing. Jackson Hayes at the four. Yeah, that's something I wouldn't mind seeing more of. Of course, a lot of that is matchups, right? I mean, a lot of it is matchups. The other part of that is certainly the fact that if you play Hayes at the four, you also can play Willie Hernan Gomez more at the backup center spot where he's done a good job on a regular basis. So that aspect comes into play as well when you consider where they're at. Bottom line, Willie Green has done a solid job. This team is still in the development phase. Not having a best player all year long didn't help at all. But you got to like the effort that you see in the direction that it's going in. They're going to need to make another strong move this year. They're going to need to make another strong move 
in the offseason to be able to get this team into a contending situation. The good news is the West is backing up a little bit. You know, the Lakers have backed up a lot. Spurs in recent years have backed up. The Clippers have backed up. So I think that there's an opportunity. Of course, on the other hand, Minnesota stepped up and gotten better. Memphis has taken a huge step forward. But that's going to happen. It's time for New Orleans to be that team to take that step forward. Can it happen? I believe so. But you got to have everybody on the floor. And that starts with Zion Williamson. And who knows if and when that is going to occur. My take on the New Orleans Pelicans. Glad you're with us on this Friday night. It's all access. Ken Trahan with you. One more segment to go. We put a wrap on things here on a Friday night. And we'll do that following this brief timeout here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon. And as always on the web, we're at NashFM1061.com. Clint Black fans, get ready. Clint Black and Lisa Hartman Black. Mostly hits and the misses. February 14th, 2022, Orpheum Theater. Tickets are on sale now at OrpheumNola.com. Don't miss Clint Black and Lisa Hartman Black. Produced by Pepper Entertainment. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. Here's some great news. If you miss the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or if like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years. Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now. 855-51-BIBLE. That's 855-51-BIBLE. 855-51-BIBLE. Tired of the same old daily routine? Are you in the market for a new job? We can help. Cumulus Media is holding a virtual job fair starting February 1st. We have a variety of open positions at Los Efes Grill, GT Automotive, Silver Slipper Casino, Priority Healthcare, Antoine's Bakery, and many more. To see and apply for all open positions, simply go to NashFM1061.com and click on the Cumulus Job Fair. Sorry, I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free GetUpside gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to 25 cents a gallon cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I'll make $200 to $300 this year. Wow. 
Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code TIME for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TIME for up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TIME. Terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for recurring automated marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop to opt out. Terms and conditions apply. Visit ISSA online for details. Hey, how'd you like to get paid to work out? Yes, I said get paid to work out. Now you can with ISSA, the global leader in personal fitness certification. If you're interested in a money-making career in fitness as a personal trainer, now is your time because ISSA is guaranteeing you will get a job. That's right. There's a huge demand for certified personal trainers right now. So once you get ISSA certified, they guarantee you will get a job. Just text FORM to 323232 now to get started for free. You do everything at your own pace and 100% online. Live your life on your terms. Get certified and train like you want, full-time, at a gym, at home, or as a side hustle, whatever works for you. Don't wait another day to start your career in fitness. Get certified and start making money fast, guaranteed. Just text FORM to 323232 right now to get started with your ISSA certification for free. Text the word FORM to 3232. Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have constructive dialogue on all access with Ken Trahan on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call at 504-260-1061. Our final segment begins here on this Friday night on All Access. And again, a reminder, you can watch immediately following this show. Tune in to CrescentCitySports.com online and watch the outstanding game between the Jesuit Blue Jays and the Archbishop Shaw Eagles in Catholic League play from Tom and Gail Benson Arena on the campus of Jesuit High School. First matchup was a heck of a game. 61-59 win at Shaw by the Eagles. The rematch tonight. First place is at stake. You won't want to miss it. Watch it live at CrescentCitySports.com where we bring you really good games all the time. That's CrescentCitySports.com. Well, the situation now that we're looking at with the Super Bowl is pretty interesting because the Rams are what? Four and a half point favorites. They're playing in their home stadium for whatever that's worth. Now, I do think the Rams will have the majority of the fans, but it won't be overwhelming even though they're home because they simply don't have much of a fan base. The people in Los Angeles have not gravitated to the NFL. They have not bought into the Rams. They certainly have not bought into the Chargers. A two-team market once again dictated by the league in a phenomenal new stadium in Englewood, and yet they're not drawing. Oh, absolutely, they are drawing, to contradict myself, because they're getting fans from opposing teams to show up on a regular basis. And I fully expect that that's going to be the case with Bengals fans, Saints fans, if you can just kind of close your ears and put up with the whole who day thing, it's all good because you're going to hear it and they're going to be there. And Eli Apple aside, you certainly have a plurality of Saints fans pulling for the Cincinnati Bengals. First of all, Saints fans can't stand the Rams for obvious reasons. No one, no call game. And then most recently, the Rams totally blowing the regular season finale with San Francisco to keep the Saints out of the playoffs. 
which they did. And then they turn around and beat San Francisco. Hello. So Saints fans are not Rams fans by any stretch of the imagination. And we all know Joe Burrow is huge in these parts, as well he should be. We all know Jamar Chase is huge in these parts, as well he should be. Thaddeus Moss is on their practice squad. Stanley Morgan of St. Aug is on their practice squad. Of course, Moss from LSU. Tyler Shelvin plays for them from LSU. And of course, Cam Sample of Tulane also plays for the Bengals. So there's a lot to like about Cincinnati. And let's not forget about Trey Hendrickson. Saints fans should love him. He was terrific here in his last year, and he's carried that on to Cincinnati where he's been fantastic, and his motor is endless, which is what makes him so good. Von Bell had a big play last week. Interception that set up the winning score. Glad to see Von doing well. He was well-liked here. He was a solid player, but not outstanding, which is why they couldn't pay him, and he walked and got a better deal. But you pull for him nonetheless. So there's clearly... A lot to like about the Bengals. A major concern is the Rams' defensive front. And whether Cincinnati can block them, I think the Bengals have to run the football. They must establish that with Joe Mixon. If they don't, it's going to be uh, turn them all loose after Joe Burrow with that outstanding defensive front against the Bengals' offensive front. And then how does the Bengals' secondary hold up against Matt Stafford with Odell Beckham being added to Cooper Cup? Blanton stepped in at tight end, did a heck of a job for the Rams in the NFC Championship game, but of course, Higby's a good player, and if he 